So welcome everyone to Essex Church, where this gathered community of Kensington Unitarians meets each Sunday for worship, as well as other activities during the week. Welcome to those of you who are new to this place, or to Unitarian worship perhaps. Welcome to those of you who are here most weeks. Welcome to our regular visitors. And just as we have all taken our own uh, different paths to be here today, so we as Unitarians are free to shape our path of faith. We're not identified by fixed beliefs because for many of us, belief changes and develops in response to life. But I think what does identify us is a responsible search for meaning and for purpose an emphasis on healthy values to guide us in life, and a commitment to make ours a more just world. So I invite you now to take a conscious breath, and we might use that breath to calm and center ourselves in the here and now. We can perhaps breathe in a sense of belonging here, and breathe out anything that we feel ready to let go of. Some weariness perhaps, surely not in February. Or anxiety. Or that long list of, of things we ought to be doing. Or that slightly raggedy feeling that can come from a long journey across London on a Sunday morning when buses and tubes are not behaving as they should. We are here now together and we're creating this time as holy and, and sacred by our presence here, one with another. So may our time together renew our hope. May the stories we share refresh our courage. May the songs we sing lift our spirits. May the words we speak invigorate us. May the touch of hands, the sound of laughter, the sight of faces new and familiar restore us in faith. Welcome everyone. And our chalice is lit, this symbol of our worldwide Unitarian community May its light shine in all of our hearts and in the togetherness of this gathered community and be reflected out to all places in our world where the light of tolerance, justice and love might brighten and lighten and warm people's lives. May that be so. We've got our rainbow candles today and... Um, one of them's already lit. They're there to mark LGBT History Month. And today I want to tell you about a, a Unitarian minister called Keith Gilley, who worked with Golders Green Unitarians in the 1970s and beyond. And there in Golders Green, he hosted groups called Intergroup. And these were pioneering discussion and social groups designed to forge bonds of understanding and friendship among gay and straight people. Now, in our day and age, this doesn't sound revolutionary stuff, but it was at that time in the 1970s. And Keith received some shockingly negative press coverage for hosting these groups. 
and also for conducting blessings of union for same-sex relationships, the only church to do so at that time. And he worked with Tony Cross, who is still alive, now a Catholic, and Tony Cross has long connections with Lewisham Unitarians, and he's going to be speaking there in early March. So, you know I don't like to encourage you to go elsewhere, but you <laughs> might want to go and hear Tony talk for that. So the, the overall aim of LGBT History Month is to promote equality and diversity for the benefit of everyone. And so you know, the work is there to increase the visibility of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender people, their histories, their lives, their experiences, and particularly to, to spread information about their history um, in educational establishments. So all credit to them for their work. The... Some of you know that this month we, we have this theme, this ministry theme of story and imagination. And um, today we've, Janine and I have been looking at teaching stories. And of course the world's wisdom traditions have so many teaching stories. Stories that advise us on how best to live our lives. I've been asking people about their favourites and the story that I'm going to tell now was mentioned most often. So I wonder if this speaks to you as well. You've, you've possibly heard it many times before. And yet this very morning, I wonder if it's got a, a new message, a new teaching for you, relevant to your life today. It's, it's the Taoist story of an old peasant farmer who's worked his crops for many years and lived a simple life. One day, his only horse, a magnificent stallion, ran away. And upon hearing the news, his neighbours came to visit. Mm. Such bad luck, they murmured sympathetically. You never know, the farmer replied. And the next morning, lo and behold, the horse returned, bringing with it three other wild horses. How wonderful, the neighbours exclaimed. Now you've got four horses. Hmm. You never know, the man replied. And then the following day, the man's beloved son tried to ride one of the untamed horses, was thrown and broke his leg. The neighbours called again, coming to offer their sympathy on his misfortune. Hmm. You never know, replied the farmer. He's a phlegmatic character, isn't he? But... <laughs> The day after that, military officials came to the village to draft young men into the army. Seeing that the son's leg was broken, they passed him by, and the neighbours congratulated the farmer on how well things had turned out. And the farmer? The farmer said, you never know. But I do know that the children's group are leaving us now and they're taking their sparkly pipe cleaners with them. But maybe later on you'll get to play with one over coffee. Thank you. And we're moving into a time of prayer now. Let's ready ourselves. Open-hearted, open-minded, open to the spirit of all that is. 
in this busy, complex world in which we live. Let us remind ourselves how much more there always is for us to know. To know and to understand about ourselves, about one another, and about this thing called life. May we find the humility and good humour to be able to say, you never know, in response to life's unfolding. As we mark LGBT History Month, may we dedicate ourselves to building a world where people feel safe enough to be themselves, to speak their truth, and to tell their own stories. And may, may each of us here this day feel that safety too. Safety to be who we are. And therefore safe enough to allow others freedom to be themselves too. And in a time of quiet reflection now, let us send our thoughts, our prayers of love to places and people in our world that we know to be in need this day. And in our living, let us do more than reflect. Reflection is not enough. We pray for, for the courage and vision to see beyond the mirror. The world beyond the mirror may be different to our own, but it is as real as our own. The world beyond the mirror may be scary for us, but for others it is home. The world in the mirror may be true, but it is not the whole truth. The world in the mirror may be shiny and safe, but it is narrow. The world beyond the mirror may be uncomfortable and confusing, but it holds freedom. Oh, let us be brave inhabitants of our beautiful, confusing, inspiringly complicated planet Earth home. And let us say to that, Amen. I'll be interested to um, hear over a cup of tea later what stories you might have chosen if you'd been planning this service. Um, and when you think of the multiplicity of stories in our world, thank you to people who did tell me some of their favourite stories last week. And you'll perhaps know this story. 
um, of Jesus in the temple, teaching the people, and starting to really annoy the religious authorities of his day. And they, they try and set traps for him. And on this one occasion, they, uh, they asked him what they should do with the woman who had committed adultery, for the law of Moses commanded that all such women should be stoned to death. Don't get me started on gender issues with this story. The, the story, as it's told in John's Gospel, describes Jesus saying nothing in reply to their question, but instead reaching down and, and writing something unknown with his finger in the sand. It's such a great way to build the suspense of this story. And Jesus remains silent so the religious leaders ask him again what they should do with this sinful woman. And then Jesus replies, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a first stone. And again, he then stooped down and wrote something unknown on the ground. And apparently one by one, the woman's accusers step away into the crowd and her life is saved. It's a really powerful story, isn't it? And, and can be used on many occasions. I was taught it early in life and it came in handy as one of five children in a busy home. I, I wonder if it is a story that's got a particular message for you. Now, I've managed to feel poorly for an entire week just with a cold, which is now on its way out. But as a parting gift, it's blocked my ears, so I feel like I'm existing in some strange echo chamber, and I can't tell if I'm whispering or shouting. But the one positive of this is that it's made me rest for a whole week, and I've had time to read books and to listen to talks on the internet. And we've put details of two of the talks that I'd recommend on the hymn sheet that you've got, the little green one on the back. The first is, is called This is Water, and it's a speech to college graduates by writer Richard Foster Wallace. Thanks to Carolyn for telling me about this. He's reminding us of lots of things, one of which is the dangers of not paying attention. The story he starts with is of two young fish swimming along, and an older fish swims by and says, enjoy the water. And the two little fish later ask, What's water? We do well, he explains, to pay attention to the circumstances we find ourselves in and not fall into the trap of thinking that this is the only way to be and start taking things for granted. Later in the speech, he explores the idea we, that we were considering last week, the idea that it's in our own minds and in our minds alone sometimes that we have any power to change things, change perspectives, consider life from another point of view. So I do recommend that one to you and you can find a script of it if you prefer reading it. The other talk I've listed is by Nigerian author Chimananda Ngozi Adichie. And it's called The Danger of a Single Story. She really delivers this well. And she reminds us that if we find ourselves holding just one story about any individual or country or group or situation or even about ourselves, we're simplifying things way too much. There's always more to know. She, she explains that all a lot better than I do.
So just to complete this little bit, you might remember our six word story challenge from last week, and we've got, had a few entries here. Um, so the idea is to write your life story in six words. Mine, but it's only for this week, is ears blocked, head heavy, rest now. And Juliet's um, was read inspiring novel, baked good bread. And Anish, who was here last week, wrote long fortunate life, some surprises, grateful. So thank you, and we'll be taking more of these if you fancy writing your six-word story. And now let's enjoy some music for meditation. into a time of shared silence with a slightly kind of guided words for meditation which you're welcome to follow or allow your mind to wander freely as it wishes thinking your own thoughts. This guided meditation will invite you to explore the imagery of storytelling in your own lives and if you do follow my words and you find images and senses coming to you which don't seem to be related, that's okay. Just trust that what your inner self or unconscious mind feels is right for you. 
There'll be some introductory words which will lead into about three minutes of silence and then that silence will be ended by three chimes from our Tibetan bowl, bringing you back to the presence of this room. So I invite you to take this time to get comfortable, to settle in your chair, putting down what you don't need to hold or carry in your hands or in your mind. Maybe rest your feet on the floor and soften your gaze or close your eyes. Whatever suits you. Relax your breathing as you can. And although you may be aware of noises coming from outside of this room or even inside this room, you can let them drift past as you turn your attention inwards now, gently following my words. And I invite you to consider the times in which you will have heard or spoken these words. Tell us a story. Choose times that bring positive, warming memories and allow your imagination to consider ways that you like to be told stories snuggled in blankets perhaps, resting with loved ones, being in a library or another place that you enjoy. Or maybe you prefer to read a book on your own, becoming engrossed in another world created by the writer. As we settle into a few minutes now of shared stillness, I invite you to play imaginatively with this idea of being told a story.
Before I read to you this reflection I wrote to do with this month's theme of stories and imagination, I want to give you a heads up, a little preparation, as I'll be asking you in a couple of minutes to call out some story titles. So you've been warned, get thinking. <laughs> there are stories that we hear that help us make sense of the situations we find ourselves in, in our lives, for good or ill. I remember in childhood there were a couple of biblical stories which had a profound effect on me in my trying to make sense of the world in which I was living in. I moved around a lot when I was a very young child and as often children do, didn't really understand the wider complexities of why this was happening and um, the way that things impacted on the adults in my life which then resulted on, in them impacting on me. I heard the story of Cain and Abel and of how Cain killed his brother Abel and so was banished to wander as a nomad. For me, with no other explanation, this is the story that I latched onto to make sense of my circumstances. I assumed that I must have done something horribly wrong in order to be moving from place to place. It was only as an adult that I was able to look at how I'd taken that story on board and developed deeply held beliefs around it. Assumptions and beliefs which didn't serve me. I began challenging my sense of ownership of that tale I'd, I'd held about myself and my life and in doing so started a retelling of my story. A story I was able to weave together from newly found facts and forgotten memories. And this was, in essence, the healing process which enabled me to construct a healthier view of not only the reality behind my childhood moves, but also what I intrinsically believed about myself too. And there may be stories for you that you have about your life which you would do well with being told in a new way, a way which offers you healing. But conversely, though, there are stories heard through childhood which can have beneficial impacts on our character, lives, and ultimately the story we tell ourselves about who we are. Moral tales which biblical stories are, come in many forms. And each culture and religion have their own groups of stories which teach us things. Aesop's fables originating from ancient Greece and the Anansi stories, tales, um, Anansi spider tales from Ghana are collections of such stories. Can anyone name any of them, the um, Anansi tales or the... Aesop's fables. Oh, the dog that barked at its own reflection. Okay. Yeah. Um, the fox and the grapes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The goose that played the golden egg. Ah, thank you. So, if, so a few there. 
I'm used to reading Nancy's stories to the children that talk, but I can't remember attacking that. Uh-huh. But he was very clever and witty and uh, <laughs> fooled people, didn't he? Yes. Thank you. So, for many of these stories, the author themselves gave a clear explanation of what the moral is, such as slow and steady wins the race. From Aesop's fable of the tortoise and the hare, one of the tales which is deeply embedded in my character and has a bearing on the way that I tackle tasks. I must say slow, but I do say on time. I do do them on time. But even though the authors of these tales give us their own meaning, it doesn't mean that we can't bring our own perspective to things. Our own interpretation, and as Unitarians, we often are known for doing this well. Even when addressing religious biblical texts, making it our own and contextualizing it, in a way which we can relate to more easily in our own lives. And it was like this for me, although not as a Unitarian as a child, when hearing the biblical parable of the farmer and the seeds. You may or may not know it. A farmer goes out to plant some seeds, some fall on a path, others on thorns, some on rocks, and some on fertile soil. All the seeds died except for the seeds which fell on the fertile soil. The biblical message given in the Bible is of the seeds representing God's message and the environments the seeds fell on representing the listener's heart. In a very different way to the Cain and Abel story, hearing this one I interpreted it as myself being the seed and the different places that the seeds had fallen were the different situations, circumstances and environments we can find ourselves in in life and that the environment made up of people as well as our physical environments affect us in a way which helps us either to flourish or to wither. The message that I took from this was that regardless of some of my childhood circumstances, there was a new nurturing environment out there that would enable me to thrive. And I set out in a search to find it, which I finally did, and it helped to transform my life for the better. So having my own take on this parable really aided me. And what we all take from different types of stories can be like that. And over coffee, you'll have lots of things to to talk about with Sarah and myself, as I'd really be interested to hear what you've taken from the well-known stories in your own lives. Thank you. Our precious lives are made of stories. In the week ahead, May the stories we tell ourselves and one another be helpful, be affirming and be rooted in love. And may this be so for the greater good of all. Amen. Go well and blessed be.